Hello, I'm Major Adrian Allman. And I'm Captain Claire Allman. Welcome to the Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army podcast series. Birmingham Citadel is a Christian church located in Birmingham City Centre in the UK. This podcast is a recording of the Bible message that is shared during the Sunday worship service. You can now watch our service online through live stream at 10.30am every Sunday morning and can also find our stories and videos on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's good to have you share with us and as you listen we pray that God will speak to you. May you know God's abundant blessing today. Well good morning. I wonder how are you doing with your Smarties? Perhaps a bit of a strange question but let me tell you a story to put it all into context. A preacher tells a story about a little boy he knew. He says, I'm not a huge fan of Smarties, but when I saw Jacob come into church with a fresh packet, I just had to ask him if I could have one. Jacob immediately became my Smarties hero. He popped open the tube with a smile and handed it over gladly. This was surprising enough, But at that moment, something happened in this little boy's heart. From that day on, for the next two years, every time Jacob got a pack of Smarties, he took out the first one and set it aside for me. Every Sunday, Jacob would track me down at church and generously offer me one or more of his Smarties. He did it gladly, with a smile as if he really enjoyed it. Sometimes Jacob would open a pack of Smarties during the week, but he would still save me the first one in his pocket. And by the time Sunday came, the Smartie was a bit mangy, with lint and other pocket paraphernalia stuck to it, but he never forgot to bring it to me. In those cases, I thanked him and put, put it in my pocket so I could enjoy it later. Jacob loved Smarties. He also loved his minister. And every week before the worship service began, Jacob and I shared together. And I realized that this little boy had the right attitude about giving. He gave me Smarties, like we are to give God offerings. Since that time, I have asked myself many times, how am I doing with my Smarties? It's a lovely story, isn't it? You know, I could just stop there. That story tells us all we need to know about how God wants us to give. But I'm not going to. God wants us to be like that little boy with his Smarties. Jacob found great joy in giving his first Smartie away from the tube to his minister. Of course, I'm happy to receive people's Smarties gladly as well. That wee boy was a cheerful giver. Cheerful means very happy. So a cheerful giver means someone who's very happy to give. In our Bible reading, Paul wrote a letter to the church he knew in Corinth. He had asked the people to help with the poor Christians in Jerusalem. They said they would help. A bit like in our self-denial missionary appeal, actually. As Christians, we don't all feel comfortable hearing messages about giving. Maybe because for some our giving isn't quite as it should be and our attitude towards giving to God is that we'll only give him when we feel like it or what's extra or what we might consider leftovers after we've used up as much as we've needed first. I mean, how many of you like to eat leftovers? 
In my house, if there are any leftovers from meal, I put them in the fridge. And it's all about good intentions, but in reality, they often stay in the fridge long enough to evolve into a higher life form. You see, the thing is, I mean well, but I don't really care for leftovers generally. They don't taste as good as when they were first cooked. And if we, if we don't like leftovers, I don't think we should expect God to like them either. God expects our best, and only our best. So as we launch our self-denial missionary appeal today and see over the next few weeks the kingdom-building work of God that's happening in the countries we're partnering in mission with, perhaps it's a good opportunity for us to think about our attitude towards giving, not just in monetary terms, but generally. Often, when we hear this passage, we say, oh, God loves a giver, and we miss out the cheerful bit, don't we? But also... Paul does not mention in any point in these words that we read this morning, he doesn't mention money at all. So even though we know he's speaking about money, about giving money, I think this is about a general attitude in giving, whatever that might be. God wants us to have this attitude of cheerfully giving to his kingdom building in whatever way we can. And I think at regular intervals and at such occasions as these, we need to ask ourselves, how am I doing with my smarties? Am I a cheerful giver? And I want to cover four main principles that speak to me through this Bible reading. My purpose is giving, giving this message to you is not to browbeat you, but rather to encourage you to step out in faith and experience the wonder of giving to a God who blesses not only the gift, but the giver as well. And as we give cheerfully to God for his kingdom building. We see how we can rebuild hope and resilience together as, as is a theme for our self-denial missionary appeal this year. So principle one in cheerful giving, you have things to give away. In our Smarties story, what did Jacob have to give away? Smarties. We all have something to give away. Paul tells us that being a giver is like a farmer who plants things. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. To plant things, you have to have something to plant. To give things, you have to have something to give. And as Christians, we are all rich, believe it or not. It doesn't mean that we all have money to drive top-of-the-range cars and live in lovely, massive houses, but it does mean that God has been good to us in so many ways. He takes care of our needs, and he gave us Jesus. And when we remind ourselves of all that God has given to us, it should make us happy or cheerful. And as he has cheerfully given it to us, so we should mirror that. We need to work out through our relationship with God and the work of the Holy Spirit within us what he has given us that he wants to, us to give to others and give it, not resentfully, or if you must have it, but cheerfully. Principle one. Principle two in cheerful giving. You know what people need and you give it to them. It's so much more fulfilling when you give something they really need, someone something they really need, isn't it? I don't know about you, but that makes me cheerful. It was my mum's birthday last week, and she'd been talking about getting one of these pedometer watches, an activity watch, to measure her steps with all this extra walking she's doing. And her watch had broken, you see. 
But you see, she can't wear any old metals. She can only wear either real gold or plastic. So it's always difficult to find a suitable strap for her because we don't have real gold money. Um, and we need to get it so it doesn't irritate her skin. And on, one, on this birthday, she told my dad that she was going to buy herself one of these things with her birthday money. The next thing, a package was put through the letterbox, and when she opened it, she found it was a completely plastic pedometer watch. I'd found one on good old Amazon and bought it for mum, knowing that it was something she really needed. She's been so chuffed with it that she's been sending me pictures of the screen and telling me how many steps she's walked since. It's a, lovely, it's a lovely feeling giving someone something that they really need, isn't it? It makes me cheerful. Paul wrote this letter to a church he knew. He asked the people to help with poor Christians in Jerusalem. They said they would help. They knew that those Christians were poor and they didn't have much money or food. And they wanted to help. They gave them, therefore, what they needed. The other week, our local policeman, Tyrone, called on us and asked if we could help a man in the flats next door who needed some food. He's on his own and he's been in hospital. And when he came back home, his gas and electricity had been cut off because he's not been able to pay his bills whilst in hospital. Therefore, he had no ability to cook food. So until that could be sorted, there was no point in giving him a normal food parcel of tins or things you need to hot water for. We had to give him things that he could eat without cooking. That's what he needed. That's what, what would benefit him most in this moment. So we went to the shop and bought him some bread and sausage rolls and stuff like that. There was a satisfaction in knowing that we truly listened to what the need was and responded willingly and cheerfully. Look how cheerfully and abundantly you responded to our specific need of cereal for the Christmas parcels a couple of years back. It was great. We had those 400 boxes of cereal in no time. Some of you brought 10, some of you brought 20. Some gave the, just the once and some went back to the supermarket the next day for more. When you know the need, you can help. God can help you to find a way to give and be cheerful about it. Principle three in cheerful giving, you actually give generously. In our Bible reading, Paul says the good farmer doesn't go out and toss one or two seeds into the field. He's going to take big handfuls of seeds and spread them around. And we are encouraged to give in the same way. I've read a story about how at Thanksgiving time, a turkey supplier company set up a telephone hotline to answer consumer questions about preparing turkeys. One woman called to inquire about cooking a turkey that had been in the bottom of her freezer for 23 years. That's right, 23 years. The customer service representative told her that the turkey would be probably safe to eat if the freezer had been kept below zero the entire 23 years, but warned her that even if the turkey was safe to eat, it probably wouldn't taste great. Well, the caller replied, that's what I thought, so I think we'll give the turkey to the church instead. You'll be surprised at how many similar conversations we have. I'm not sure this lady really knew about giving generously. What was that we were saying at the beginning about giving our leftovers? Conversely, every year 
over Lent. I like to follow the 40 Acts Challenge, which is a generosity challenge for Lent, and it's created by UK Christian Charity Stewardship. And every day it has a little thought and a challenge to help people think about giving generously rather than giving up something at Lent. And a few years back, one of these thoughts and challenges really spoke to me, and it still does. And it told us to listen to your generous gut. Brad Formsma, who is apparently a generosity expert, I never even knew that existed, has this organization called I Like Giving. And they work with organizations and churches and individuals to change lives by teaching the art and science of generosity. Who knew? He explained about something called the nudge. The nudge is that inner impression you get, a sense that says, I need to move from awareness to action. I need to engage. It could mean helping with someone's broken down car. It could be something, helping someone to get on the bus. It could even be buying something for someone. The nudge is when you see a need and you make something happen. Brad, Brad said that if you follow it, the nudge will take you to places you never thought you'd go. You'll end up experiencing things you never thought you'd experience, all because of a following Uh, You followed a a prompting. Brad went on to say, God uses all of our bodies, our intellect, our emotions, and our gut instincts. The instincts that say, I need to do something. And he found that the more you follow the nudge, the more you're ready to, you'll be to identify it in the future. And the more inclined you'll feel to engage it, the more generous you'll become in your giving. And when you do, You won't believe where God will take you. He told the story about a mother whose three-year-old son was pretty well potty trained but would still get lazy and wet his pull-ups. One evening, they were looking at pictures of hungry children in Africa and she explained that there are children all over the world who don't have enough food and clothing and clean water or medicine. Her son immediately said, I will send them food and shoes. Well, her heart melted that he wanted to do something for these children. She wanted to encourage his giving heart. And as she prayed for guidance, her mind went to, of all things, the pull-ups. That was her nudge. The next morning, she suggested to him that if he was willing to use, his potty, to, to use the potty from here on in, then the money spent on pull-ups could instead be used to sponsor a child in need. He was so excited off with the pull-ups and on with the big boy pants and now he's the proud owner of a sponsor sorry not an owner a proud sponsor of a four-year-old boy in Uganda giving generously sometimes can be a challenge and can mean giving up something precious but often we receive far more by giving generously Paul never gives an amount here he just says two things You should give what you have decided in your heart to give and be cheerful and give generously. Your generosity will be different to someone else's generosity, but that's about the nudge and doing what feels right in your heart and in your gut. Don't underestimate the work of the Lord in that. And principle four, finally, in cheerful giving, we remember God gives cheerful givers many riches. A cheerful giver never has to worry about running out of things to share or things to give away. Why? Because God takes care of cheerful givers. Verse 8 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. 
Of course that doesn't mean that God is going to give all cheerful givers new flat screen 50 inch televisions and iPads and top of the range stuff and all this sort of thing. But you can trust that he will give you what you need. That's what Paul says. So you don't have to worry. If you worry, you can't be cheerful. Verse 11 says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God blesses us for a purpose, besides the fact that he loves blessing us and providing for us. He wants us to bless others as he does, as others, as he does us. He wants to fill us with hope and a resilience to keep on going and to have an attitude of gratitude and sharing that with others. That makes us stronger together. Our generosity, our, our cheerful giving is an act of obedience to God. And he provides the resources and opportunities for us to do this. I'd say that's a pretty generous God, wouldn't you? But that's grace for you. We don't deserve it, but he supplies it anyway. We have so many opportunities to give cheerfully and generously and to really make a difference in other people's lives, in particular today as we think about our self-denial appeal. But in so many other ways, let's not miss those opportunities. Let's not miss out in the joy of giving to God and seeing how he blesses us abundantly. We can give because of the goodness of God. Sometimes we just need reminding of what that is. And so for a few moments, we're going to take stock and think of the goodness of God and all that we do have. Don't be sidetracked in thinking about what someone else has, have, someone else has and comparing. Just think about the goodness of God in your life. And I think it will make you cheerful. And perhaps in doing so, God might be nudging you to cheerfully give in some way. You may want to write down a list as you think about it or chat about it with someone that you're sitting with just now. The song we're going to listen to, I have as my alarm clock to wake me up in the morning. From the moment I open my eyes, I'm thinking of the goodness of God in my life. And it sets me with the right attitude for the day. So as we think of the goodness of God just now, I want to ask you the question, how are you doing with your Smarties? Oh, I... 
nothing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. You have led me through the fire in my darkest night. You were close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. Oh, I have lived in the goodness of God. Let's pray together. 
Amazingly generous God, over and over your grace sustains us. Over and over your love provides for us. Over and over your arm steadies us. We are abundantly blessed by your goodness to us. We've just heard in the song how your goodness keeps running after us. (laughs) How amazing is that? Thank you, God. We want to give with gratitude and joy. Thankful that you are God over all and for all you have done in our lives. And I pray that you will help us to nurture in us more and more an attitude of cheerfully giving as we consider your goodness to us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast this week. So you don't miss any further recordings, please subscribe to this podcast and also share and review it to help other people find and join our Birmingham Citadel online congregation. This has been a production for Birmingham Citadel Salvation Army in the United Kingdom. If you'd like to know more about us or want to worship with us, then visit our webpage at birminghamcitadel.co.uk.